The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look on this Tuesday and what's happening within the market trade, uh, we're being joined by Sean Hackett with Hackett Financial Advisors. We look starting out with this grain complex. And obviously, uh, Sean, and you and I were talking before we, we started this that we have been hit in the upper Midwest. I know that Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, parts of South Dakota, even tips of Nebraska and Iowa have dealt with a lot of snow. And the biggest concern in talk has been what's going to happen? Where are we going to see spring planting? Is there going to be a delay? And markets, I'm sure, are starting to keep an eye on that, especially as they always do with these weather patterns as we get into the month of February. Yeah, I mean, everything that we see uh, supports a very late ending winter a very late starting spring and a very, very wet uh, snow and rain um, throughout the period. So we see it being an extremely problematic planting season, especially for the northern tier. Um, and, um, uh, you know, there'll be two things. What do you want to plant and what can you plant? And uh, the, the, two, the two numbers may be very, very different when it's all said and done. We really worry about what happens to winter wheat when it comes out of dormancy. And we really worry about... Um, Spring wheat acres, um, because so much of it's planted up in that northern tier area, and, and a lot of those acres may not get in the ground. So we, if, if we were to you know, think out loud right now, you know, we'd be thinking out loud. You know, wheat, and, and to some extent, the corn market might be the most impacted by this. And the folks in the south, you know, I look at Commodity Classic is less than two weeks away, and we hear a lot from from those growers in the south, you know, about spring planting getting underway, and we're going to see that starting very soon. We know the seed's been delivered. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they get going a lot, a lot sooner, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have any easier time. It may not be as cold as it is in the northern tier, but, but the, the biggest issue is going to continue to be excessive moisture, excessive rainfall that we've kind of gotten into this pattern that we're going to continue to see uh, that, that pattern develop, especially in the, in, the, in the deep south, and that's, you know, they already got waterlogged in, in a lot of parts of the south and southeast from last year. They, they, they can no afford to have more rain put, you know, and moisture be put on top of it, so it's 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 going to be a very uh, tenuous situation at best, and uh, and and it actually may make for the, for you know a, a more interesting planting season than we've seen in quite some time. I was going to ask you about that. How is the markets preparing? How are you guys as as commodity folks preparing? Not only your customers, but just looking at what's happening. To, I mean, you're asking to look into the future on this and try to figure out where to market and how to market. Well, you know, I mean, you know, there's two things we try to do is we try to follow the insiders in the ag market through our smart money indicator that I'm sure you know that tries to give us an idea of what the what the smart people, the insiders are thinking about the market. And the other thing we do is we try to look at um, our weather models that we utilize the solar cycle in a very significant way to try to make, uh, you know, get sense for what kind of waters are we heading into. And so when we look at what's going on with, the planting season coming up and the spring season coming up, and it all suggests that we could be getting some much better pricing later on in spring than we have today. And, and as such, um, you know, we're trying to be a little uh, cautious at trying to get too much sold because it right, really does look to us uh, that some better opportunities. If you remember last year, one of the better best opportunities to sell was the spring. Um, and, and we also had a late, uh, late spring, uh, I mean, a late uh, ending winter 
late, you know, the, the spring and uh, started late, and, and, and we had some pretty good pricing as a result. So we're kind of saying, you know, obviously farmers have to sell, and they got to raise money, and they got to pay bills, but we'd be a little cautious in overreacting, especially with a potential trade deal maybe in the works. You know, we, we wouldn't want to miss any, any spike in pricing into the spring um, and, and miss an opportunity maybe to put some equity back in to the farming operations after a tough year last year. And, of co- course, also watching what's going on in South America where weather is kind of straightening itself out for that second planting. Uh, well, it is getting better. Uh, it's definitely getting better. Um, it's improving. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, let's put it this way. Certainly, uh, the, the concern is easing back, and it looks like that the weather, for, at least for now, uh, is off the table for that. I mean, we did see some downgrades of soybean crop uh, from government officials down that way, but um, you know, that was a consequence of the weather we did have, not the weather we're having now. So right now, we really don't see uh, Mother Nature being a factor at the moment, at least for February. You know, maybe March it comes back, but we think right now it, it's off the table. We'd be more interested in looking at the spring weather, the current weather patterns in the U.S., and obviously what's going on with trade um, and the U.S. government right now. Well, you talk about trade, and, and we t- wait for that very next meeting to take place between the U.S. and China, and we keep hearing the on-again, off-again thoughts, but hopefully there's some optimism. We're getting closer to March. We keep hearing positive things. I mean, Trump even today said you know, he'd be open to, to delaying the March 1st deadline if things are going well. Um, um, everyone keeps making good you know, good comments that they're making progress, they're moving closer on both sides. So, you know, I mean, talk is cheap, and, and, and no one knows for sure whether that uh, is, is, is more political in nature than, than reality. But if we get good vibes from this two-day meeting later this week, and Mnuchin and Lighthizer come back and say we made really, really good progress. And Trump says, you know, we're not quite there, but we're going to put off the deadline. You know, one would have to really start, you know, pricing in uh, a deal being highly likely. And so we really feel this particular week is a kind of a do or die for this happening or not happening. And should it look like it's going to happen, today's movements in prices may be you know, something that may be repeated again for quite for, for quite a few days. And this may not be the end of a, a anticipatory rally on a trade deal. So the, the feel of crying wolf might actually see some positives. Well, yeah, at least for a little while. I mean, they're, they're always going to be on some kind of a post-deal uh, uh, hangover, as there always is, but we're still not, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. We need to kind of, you know, get to the to the crying wolf peak before the market can get a se- have a second thought about what it actually is. So we kind of view it, the market's going to ride the wave in anticipation and maybe they get disappointed when they find out what the deal actually is. But in the meantime, we can ride the wave in. Around, folks, we have got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about Australia, the issues that they've been having, and how it might affect us here in the U.S. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sean Hackett joins us with the Hackett Financial Advisors. As we look at the market, Australia was hit first with a drought. Then they have had a lot of flooding issues. Now, Sean, you're saying in a roundabout way, this is going to have a benefit and help out our producers here in the States. Well, I mean, we have been a big proponent of of the idea that the African swine fever um, issue in China is going to lead to some significant switching of demand by Chinese consumers away from tainted pork and over to clean protein meats like beef. We know that the number one supplier of that beef has been Australia. And they've been able to do that because of a severe drought that's 
forced liquidation of the herd and kind of put a lot of supply in the market. And, and now these, these floods are going to be thinning down the herd even more. So what's going to happen here before too long is the herd's going to, is going to basically shrink as long as it really can go. And the supplies are simply going to dry up. We went through this a few years back and Australian beef prices went parabolic. Once that happens and we can measure this, we can get daily prices on Australian cattle prices every day then the Chinese are going to have to look elsewhere to fill that gap. And it's a very big gap. And we think that the United States certainly will be a, will take a big part in offering and supplying a lot of that supply that they'll need. We have Jeff out of Brazil, who's a, one of the largest global meat producers in the world, has doubled their capacity to sell beef to the Chinese as a result of what's going on with African swine fever. So we know this is a big issue, and we think it's going to be a big uh proponent for U.S. exports to China, you know, once we see those prices in Australia take off as a result of this yin-yang weather we've seen. And so it's, it's really uh, a situation we're watching very closely for a, a breakout in Australian price to trigger what's going to happen here in the U.S. Well, speaking of happening here in the U.S., we know that there's a, the potential of a government shutdown to happen yet this Friday. But a lot of word's been coming in that it's going to be business as usual post-Friday. And that's going to be some good news for our dairy producers who were ready to get some dairy relief from the 2018 Farm Bill and then had to be put on hold because of the partial shutdown. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the margin protection program and, and, and you know, that the government put, put in place to help dairy producers get through this very, very difficult time they've had, you know, for 35 days, they were not able to put that on. And so here they were, they were ready uh, to, 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 to use this program to hedge the risk, the price of the crop, put a floor in, and then they were shut out uh, for all this period of time. Our markets are gyrating and moving around. So that was really, really unfortunate that at a time when they really needed the help and, were, and the help should have been there, you know, they were kind of cut off as an innocent bystander. So we, we believe that the talks today from Trump and, and Congress that, that a shutdown isn't going to take place is very, very good news. Having said that, just in case, if any producer out there is, is thinking about it or wanting to do it, we certainly would want to make sure we put some of that protection on ahead of Friday, just in case you know Trump wakes off wakes up on the wrong side of the bed again. So. Good things to think about cattle market as we we jump over to the rest of the livestock complex. Sean, some light pressure was trickling into their market. What are your thoughts on how the cattle traded today? Well, I mean, the cattle, you know, the cattle market's been trading pretty well all along. We've been, we've been bullish the cattle market. We continue to be bullish the cattle market. Um, you know, we, we, we were pretty bearish the hog market and expected that we would have a big, you know, kind of a big hit there, which we've seen. But we still think when we see the, the cattle fundamentals, this, this wave of, of extra demand coming from China as a result of Australia and the African swine fever, um, we, we still think that the, um, and actually this, this, this weather we're seeing, this cold, Blizzard-like conditions that we think we're going to continue to see well into March and possibly into April, it's going to still be very supportive for the cattle market into the spring. We do not believe we're at a high yet. We do not believe we're at a, a peak yet. We still think there's much higher prices to come. And we also believe that in the hog market, this break is finally getting ourselves down. We talked about this last time into an area that we think um, you know, is, is offering a buying opportunity for those that, that are on the buy side of this market. So we're we're getting more constructive on the high market again. We think that the market overshot in the first quarter, but we do feel that uh, demand for U.S. pork from China and others are going to pick up in the second quarter, especially if we can cut a trade deal. So we'd be very interested in, in looking at that market as a market to put in a pretty important low here 
probably within the next week or two. It was nice to see some triple-digit gains today for these Hogs. Uh, definitely. You know, I mean, definitely. I mean, we, we feel we've, we've came down enough, we've fallen enough, we've factored in this, this supply-demand mismatch in the first quarter, and we think of the optimism over trade, and obviously the ongoing continued um, talk about how difficult and challenging this African swine fever situation is in China. You know, we think enough's enough, and the buyers are, gonna, are starting to come in and support this market. So we, we feel real good about the hog market right now. All right, sounds good. Sean, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you to talk more markets, especially to these dairy producers as they prepare for Friday? Um, the best place to go is our website at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have all kinds of good information. And specifically to the dairy producers, we put out a Hackett dairy report that um, is well followed. And if anyone of your listeners wanted to see a, uh, a free copy of our last report, we'd be happy to send it to them. All right. Thanks so much, Sean Hackett, joining us today. It is a Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.